This episode is brought to you by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. Ever since President Joe Biden signed the Inflation Reduction Act into law last summer, there's been a race to expand the U.S. green energy supply chain. Take, for example, Q-Cells, a solar company with significant operations in Georgia. You probably saw on Wednesday it announced it would invest $2.5 billion to expand its already existing solar panel manufacturing plant and construct another one in the state. That announcement, though, is just a slice of billions of dollars being invested by companies to build out the domestic clean energy manufacturing sector. So today we chat with Politico's Kelsey Tamburino about how the IRA has spurred significant clean energy investment and how the industry is still grappling with constraints. It's Thursday, January 12th. Kelsey, solar company Q-Cells has announced it would invest billions of dollars in Georgia to expand its solar panel manufacturing plant and construct another one in the state. So why is this such a big deal? So Q-Cells announced that they're investing $2.5 billion in Georgia for this expansion of their solar panel manufacturing plant, which is interesting because they're claiming that they're going to basically be the first in the nation to really be the entire supply chain of solar panels. So from the polysilicon that really early in the supply chain, all the way to the panels and the modules at the end. So that's significant on its own. But it also is really one of the first major investments we're seeing directly stemming from the Inflation Reduction Act that Democrats passed in August that includes hundreds of billions of dollars in tax credits. And the senator from Georgia, John Ossoff, specifically said that tax credits in that bill for advanced manufacturing of solar components directly are the reason why this announcement was made. And folks I talked to in the industry kind of echo that. Obviously, there's been a push for years to bring manufacturing to the state and bring that solar supply chain to the U.S., but they really cite that bill as being a major reason why this has come to fruition. And it's a big deal as we're seeing companies across industries in the green tech space pushing to build out their footprint here in the U.S. So it's the first of what's likely going to be many similar types of announcements in the months to come. Yeah, seeing the White House, too, of course, crediting the law for this particular project and others. You touched on it a bit, but just how big a role do we think the law is actually playing in this announcement and announcements we've seen so far? Just how widespread has the impact been, or is it kind of complicated dependent on one thing? You know, clearly states and state leadership want to see these projects as well. Yeah, I mean, I think you can directly link this back to that climate law. I mean, lawmakers in these states, Republicans and Democrats have been pushing for building out these manufacturing facilities for years, not just because of this law. Obviously, it brings jobs. And there's been a history dating back to the Trump administration for trade policy to reshore these industries to the U.S., But I think when you talk to industry folks, they had been really pushing for the specific tax credit in the law that it's a production tax credit that really incentivizes specific components across wind, across solar, across battery manufacturing. So it really, one, gives certainty to these industries that that tax credit will be in place, but also really provides the financial incentive to invest in the U.S. And and also just, I think, speaks to this larger focus that folks will say, Biden administration is supportive of clean energy, it's supportive of this investment, and it gives industry that certainty that they're looking for. Of course, you know, the governor of Georgia, Governor Kemp, has been pushing for this as well. I don't think specifically linked it back to 
the IRA. But yeah, I mean, when you talk to lawmakers, when you talk to manufacturing industry folks, they really cite that as a, a large reason why. They say, when we were pushing for this bill, we said this would happen. And now that promise is being fulfilled. Yeah, no, and it's interesting. Kemp, of course, is a Republican. And up here on the Hill, I mean, we're, we're hearing Republicans in Congress, at least one whose district this project is growing in, is, is saying they're supportive as well. We're seeing that cross-party support, even if Republicans don't support the climate law. So what's kind of going on there with the broader trend that we're seeing? Yeah, it's really interesting. We've written about this in the past, but the red states, so to speak, are really the states that stand to benefit a lot from the Inflation Reduction Act for this reason that these tax credits will build out these manufacturing capacities. Red states typically have, and southern states in this case, typically have the land use that's necessary here, but also they just have a more helpful business environment. There's economic development plans that we're seeing, right-to-work states often in the south. So these red states are really in the position to build out these manufacturing footprints quickly and have that incentive and that workforce in place. So that's, I think, what part of the reason why we're seeing that. But I think also, it, like I said, comes down to jobs. You're seeing governors, not just in Georgia, but in other states, really seeing this as the potential to bring that workforce that they need to create jobs in their state. Yeah. And just to add to the point, I mentioned my question, you know, caught up with Marjorie Taylor Greene, who is someone who's described global warming as, quote, healthy for the planet, is now telling me we're excited to have jobs from this project. This is her district. She says she's not against renewable energy. So it's interesting to see. And, and even with that widespread support, you're reporting the solar industry is grappling with constraints that have slowed its growth in recent months. So not everything is perfect for them. So what are constraints in actually fulfilling these plans and creating jobs and actually making it happen? Yeah, so the solar industry and I think more broadly, the clean energy industry has been grappling with supply chain constraints for months now. But with the solar industry specifically, there's been looming trade actions that have have also slowed employment and imports coming in, one of which is the Commerce Department looming determination on solar tariffs. But there's also the Weir Forced Labor Prevention Act that's being enacted last year, but some of the ramifications of that are still being felt in the industry. The solar industry obviously vehemently does not support forced labor, but just grappling with some of the technicalities of that law has slowed imports. The expectation going forward really is that the IRA is going to start taking off this year and the next five years and the industry will see growth. But I think it remains to be seen with some of those constraints that they're grappling with, but also something that we talk about a lot is permitting reform that still remains an obstacle for building out some of these projects. But I think we're expecting to see a brighter future a little bit ahead for the solar industry once these tax credits and some of the guidance from the Treasury Department is in place and really can kind of kickstart a lot of these investments going forward. Also, a national ban on gas stoves does not seem imminent. On Wednesday, the chair of the Consumer Product Safety Commission said he and his agency have no plans to pursue a national ban on gas stoves. The clarification from the CPSC chair follows two days of blowback from Capitol Hill after an agency commissioner suggested in an interview with Bloomberg that a ban was under consideration. The White House also announced on Wednesday that President Joe Biden does not back a ban on gas stoves. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com slash power switch and subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back tomorrow. This episode is brought to you by Chevron. 
the human energy company. Did you know that Chevron is working with partners in California to convert the methane from cow waste into renewable natural gas that one day can help fuel trucks across the nation? Find out more at chevron.com slash RNG.